You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the New York Giants, the New York football Giants, Chris, the 5-1 and one New York football Giants do it again. How do they keep doing this? How do they keep replicating this formula in different ways? A 24-20 to 20 victory over the Baltimore Ravens after being down, Chris, 10 points in the fourth quarter. They drive down the field. They have a 12-play, 75-yard drive with two third-down conversions that is capped by the Daniel Bellinger touchdown. And then the following two possessions for the Baltimore Ravens are turnovers. You have the interception and then the fumble that Kayvon Thibodeau, our beloved Kayvon Thibodeau, (laughs) causes. Ladies and gentlemen, who would have thought coaching and execution, you marry them together and you get competent football and you can defeat good football teams like the former number one seed in the AFC, the former number one seed in the NFC, and then the Baltimore freaking Ravens. Chris, how are you doing? Man, it, this is it, this is absolutely insane what the Giants are doing. Yeah, they really should not be winning these games, at least not the way that they are. Yeah, so far, the Giants have one game with over 200 yards passing. Yeah, Daniel Jones finished with, I believe it was 174 yards passing again. Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens just about doubled the Giants' offensive output and lost. It, 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 what keeps happening with the Giants is they go up against teams that are objectively better. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we really have a, a big discussion or a big controversy in saying that the Giants' roster is not as good as the Packers roster. It's not as good as the Ravens roster. It's not as good as the Tennessee Titans roster. And yet, even though the Giants are the worst team on paper, the other teams keep shooting themselves in the foot and playing worse when it matters the most. I mean, the the Ravens had two turnovers inside of the final three minutes. They had eight... They just completely wiped a first down off the board with a, a boneheaded alignment penalty. Marcus Peters has a defensive pass interference to nullify his own interception on a ball that, frankly, he didn't need to interfere to catch because the placement was either Darius Slayton overran where he was supposed to go or Daniel Jones threw it behind him because... There was no chance that Slayton was going to catch that ball when Jones threw it. And yet, you have the veteran player make the stupid mistake. How many false starts did the Ravens have to move themselves back, put themselves behind the chains? And that just made it playtime for Wake Martindale and his defense. 
And those false starts go way back into the first quarter. I mean, if we look at the 11-play, 46-yard drive by the Baltimore Ravens, Patrick Ricard, 305-pound fullback Patrick Ricard, (laughs) I should be playing offensive tackle. Patrick Ricard takes a false start penalty that led to a second and 15 where the Giants played a J.K. Dobbins run excellently, which led to a third and long that goes incomplete. And that penalty knocked them out of realistic field goal range. Justin Tucker tried a field goal and somehow, I don't even know if it was possible, but it was, he misses the field goal and little plays like that can go a long way in this football game. And that seemed to happen a lot to the Baltimore Ravens. You're right. They were shooting themselves in the foot, but at the same time, the Giants were being opportunistic. And I felt like the Giants rush defense in this game was terrible. I mean, Kenya Drake rushed for over 100 yards. A lot of that is a byproduct of the fact that they're really scared and they have to figure out a way to stop the legs of Lamar Jackson. And the Giants kept Lamar Jackson in check. There were a couple nice runs here or there, but typically, other than the Mark Andrews touchdown and another drive, the Giants were holding them to to field goal range on a couple different drives where they were seemed to capitulate a lot of yardage earlier. So I feel like red zone defense ended up stepping up I would say to an adequate weather, uh, level, I think is is fair to say. That's one thing that also kept the Giants into the game because if they just completely capitulated on a, a couple of those drives, it could have gotten ugly here. This could have been another one of those games where it seems like the Giants would have found themselves in back in 2020, 2021. But this team just doesn't find themselves in. They're very, very resilient. They're very, very tough. They're well coached and they can make mistakes and still live to fight another day. Previous Giant teams weren't like that, Chris. No, not at all. Yeah, there's there's the saying in football that more teams lose games than win games, which is it doesn't make sense when you, you know, the, the math of it doesn't make sense because you have one team win, one team lose. You can't have, you know, 20 teams lose games and 16 teams win games. The, the math doesn't work that way in the NFL. But there are there are a lot of instances and Giants fans have seen this throughout the years, basically most of the last decade where teams are relatively evenly matched and then they make a mistake. They have a drive killing penalty. They have uh, just a, a coverage breakdown to give up a big play, a big first down conversion, or you have a, 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 blocking breakdown where you get a bad sack to knock your team out of field goal range and it's those little yards and little points throughout the game that add up and there are a lot of instances where a team loses not because of what the other team did but because of what they did to themselves and right now the Giants are not doing that they are they're making mistakes they get behind they can get behind the chains and all of that but as you say they are staying resilient and they are executing and honestly the the biggest change over the last few, over the last decade for the Giants has been this coaching staff I'm saying it right now Brian Dabble is coach of the year and it's not even close it's not even close. I, I don't even know who else would factor into the conversation. Maybe, and this is kind of ugly and disgusting, but maybe Mike McCarthy, if the Dallas Cowboys can figure out how to beat the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. And I know that's gross to hear because there are NFC East rivals, but if you were to tell me that Cooper Rush would have the Dallas Cowboys at 5-1 and one if they were to win, I, w- I would be pretty surprised by that. But even still, that Dallas Cowboys roster is far superior than the New York Giants roster right now. And the New York Giants are in the position that they're in. So I would have to definitely give it to Brian Dable. And I got to say this too, Chris, man, that 
field goal drive after the Giants went, I think, like five plays or maybe seven plays to start the second half, the Giants had an opportunity at two interceptions in the in the red zone. Here we got ESPN cutting in again, being wildly ESPN. annoying with their stupid freaking ads that nobody cares about. Anyways, the, the one play, I think it was targeted to Isaiah Likely, where Lamar Jackson threw the ball in a place that he should not have thrown it. It went through Dane Belton's hands, gets tipped up in the air, and then Fabian Moreau almost catches it. When they failed to secure that, I was like, oh, man, you know, those are the opportunities you can't let slip through your grasp. But that's probably going to – it's only three points. They held them out of the end zone, but that's probably going to come back and bite the Giants in the rear end. And at this point, it looked pretty bleak. You're heading into the fourth quarter, down by 10, and the Giants still find a way to win. Even though like, – like we said earlier, man, even though you put yourself into a – even though the Giants might not capitalize on certain situations, this team is is good enough right now, and they're opportunistic enough to create their own situations where they can take advantage. Now, a bad snap, I think, helped lead to that interception, if I'm not mistaken. It seemed like Lamar Jackson got flushed out of there. I think that was a bad snap. I don't have the plays in front of me or anything like that. But still, Lamar threw that ball. And you, if you watch it from the end zone angle, Julian Love is baiting that man. Julian Love is just salivating at the fact that Lamar Jackson is going to throw that football, and he does. And Julian Love obliges and takes advantage. I just love the fact that on both sides of the football right now, Chris, and we even had a special teams play that was big by Gary Brightwell, which we special teams not <laughs> yeah. great this year. So you have all three phases of football playing well, and the coaching is just a huge difference maker here for this team. And I just couldn't be more excited about what this team is doing through the first quarter plus of the season. Yeah, I think that was actually a uh, pass to Mark Andrews that Belton almost picked off and uh, Fabian Murrow almost picked off. And also Andrews almost caught it for the touchdown. Yeah, there were a few plays like that where it, the the tight end, because it, it was always a tight end, the, the, the Ravens don't really have any wide receivers were worth mentioning, especially with Rashad Bateman injured. You know, the, the tight end would be open and either the ball would be just a little bit off in its placement or it would just slip through the hands. Yeah, you know, Mark Andrews had a couple of very uncharacteristic drops on on his behalf, and that again, it's those little plays, those little points, the hidden yardage. Yeah, you know, the like it's it just keeps adding up. And as you say, the Giants are staying resilient. They're hanging around. They are not shooting themselves in the foot, and they're able to come away with little points because of Graham Gano and just being able to have like, you know, Richie James come up with you know, a big first down catch, uh, David Sills, you know, these guys aren't scary to other teams. And I think that's part of why they've been kind of effective. Yeah. Other teams can look at it and say, okay, we, we can put, we can leave one guy on Richie James. He He's not going to scare us. He's not going to, Pull an Odell Beckham outrun our entire defense on a fourth and one, you know, and that just creates the opportunity to have these little plays that just keep adding up and just keep the Giants hanging around and in the game. Chris, smile a little bit. We have listeners commenting on your lack of smiling right now. I don't know if I want to see that. Okay. See now, Chris. Chris is happy though. I know Chris is. Chris is enjoying this win at the moment, but from the New York Giants, dude. And you look at the 
who the Baltimore Ravens have played so far this season. Like they lost to the Dolphins in the manner that they did when they were fully healthy. You play the Bills, you lose 23 to 20. I think they had like a 20 to 3 lead in that game. They beat the Bengals on Sunday night football. Like you're talking about the Bills and the Bengals. The Bengals were in the Super Bowl last year. You have the Bills, one of the best teams. Like it's not like they have had a cupcake schedule. It's not like the the Baltimore Ravens are a bad football team. Like they're down their their wide receiver Rashad Bateman and that does make a difference, but the Giants are rolling out guys like rookie Wondale Robinson, who this is essentially his first game of action, right? And he gets a touchdown. Daniel Bellinger gets a touchdown. The Giants are punishing teams with their rookie 2022 NFL draft class right now. A draft class that was maligned other than Kayvon Thibodeau and, and Evan Neal, really, by a lot of the people. So that's just another little underlying story of a thing that we should be excited about because theoretically, and trajectory and development is not always linear, but theoretically, these guys should get better as they gain more experience. Yes, and just spinning this forward a ways, the thing I am really excited about is what happens, what this team could look like as they build a roster, as they can get a a roster that, I, I don't want to say can compete because they just beat the Ravens, but that is on the level of what the Cowboys have and what the Eagles have and the Ravens and the Bills and the Chiefs. Yeah. This offense, like a lot of times it feels like they're just stringing together mid-level college trick plays, you know, what Iowa State busts out when they have to play Ohio State, you know, things like that. But Mike Kafka, Brian Dable have been wildly creative in designing this offense. And even though it still feels like they're hanging on by the skin of their teeth and are on the knife edge of disaster some of the time, what this team could look like when they get a real number one wide receiver out there, when they start to fill in and get a lot more dynamic options, when they're not forced to rely on David Sills and Richie James and Marcus Johnson and whoever else happens to be out there. That is what I am excited about going Those forward. Tr- those creative plays are very hard to game plan for. It seems like every every week there's a different creative play to help spring the Giants offense in a certain situation. And what have been what has been, Chris, the primary method for this team to move the football the last two weeks? It has been play action boot, play action rollout, use Daniel Jones's legs. They didn't do it this game. They used play action rollout a couple times. But they did not get Daniel Jones going. Baltimore seemed to anticipate that, and they were still able to move the football in this game, especially in big clutch situations. And again, Daniel Jones, third and 13, third and nine, third and seven, third and four, finds a way to keep moving the sticks. He's stepping up in these situations. Some of those throws were really good throws over the middle of the field. Some of them had some touch on them. I can't wait to break down the all 22 to see. But even this quarterback, who we're not even certain if he's going to be here next year, we don't know. He's making some big plays this season to keep this offense in rhythm and get them down to the goal line to allow Mike Kafka to draw up some of these creative plays in the red zone that put the freaking ball past the goal line for six. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, and the the Daniel Jones situation, that is something I think we're going to have to keep watching all season long. You know, I I it has become a trend for the Giants that in the biggest situations they just lean on their running game and you know it's I kind of wonder what this offense could do if they had a Lamar Jackson there which hey he's a free agent yeah I I mean I don't know if the Giants are going to tie that much money but that's that's thinking way down the road right now we're taking it one week at a time and Daniel Jones is is operating within the confines of this offense well. I think that's the way to put it. Does that mean that the offense is as expanded as it could be if there was another quarterback? No, not necessarily. But you can't look at this team right now and say Daniel Jones is the problem. Daniel Jones is making plays that are, that are resulting in wins for this football team. And that's just something that I feel like we should give the kid credit for because he's doing it basically week after week. It doesn't seem like a fluky type of situation. And he's not really putting the football into harm's way, which is another thing other than the, you know, the strip sack thing at the end of the half or whatever. And then you have the interception where David Sills falls out of the break against Dallas like that. I don't really put on, on Daniel Jones, but since week one and week two, you had those two plays with the, the egregious interception when he was targeting Saquon Barkley, and then the play where he threw it to Frankie Lou that was almost intercepted. But he's been relatively judicious with the football ever since then. Yes, and again, part of that does go back to Dayball and Kafka with how they are designing this offense. Like when they use play-action boot, they always get a layer, or multiple layers of receivers, or I, the, the play I'm thinking of, they had uh, two tight ends layered, and between the play action, the rollout, and then having the layers, they're making it very, very easy for Jones to find easy completions. They're they're not forcing him to really challenge coverage all that often. Yeah, Chris, did you write the title here? Yes. The Giants manage another ugly, stunning win. I would have went with a more optimistic title than that. I mean, maybe like a comeback win, you know, down 10 points against a team like the Baltimore Ravens that you're five and a half dogs at home. Chris, you're sitting there. Come on, be a little optimistic. Smile a little bit, my guy. Hey, I got to be honest. I don't think we can say it was a pretty win. (laughs) No, I wouldn't say it was a pretty win. But to go out of your way to call it ugly is another is another thing. But you're right. I guess if if you wanna you wanna be really specific it, about it, this team has embraced winning ugly. It has might as well own it. It has. I would also say it's embraced going down several points and finding a way to come back somehow. And this time <laughs> it was sprung off the defense, like we said, being very opportunistic, and then the offense being efficient when it needed to be. And I'll sign up for that, especially against a team like the Baltimore Ravens. In football, like I didn't pick the Giants to win this game. I said, yeah, they have a realistic shot, but they need to be in striking distance in the fourth quarter, and you need to contain Lamar Jackson that entire time. 
And they did an okay job containing Lamar Jackson, but they struggled defending Mark Andrews over the middle of the field. Kenyon Drake looked like, you know, vintage Kenyon Drake dating back to his days at Alabama. Like he looked, he looked good out there. But again, I also feel like the Ravens did an excellent job calling runs off tackle whenever the Giants slanted their defensive line in the opposite direction. They sprung two long runs off that. And that's just kind of bad luck on the defense's part. They're trying to, you know, they, one of the plays they thought it was pass, I think. So they went aggressive into their pass rush lane, slanting to the left. And what happens? Kenyon Drake ends up running in the opposite direction, and there's no one there other than the edge rusher who's getting kicked out. Yeah, I, I also noticed the Ravens used a lot of mesh points in their run in their running scheme. Yeah. which when you've got Lamar Jackson, you gotta do that. How? Can, yeah, that's you know, go back a few weeks. That's the way Justin Fields should be used. Yeah, just mesh point every single play, make the defense think, and that did pay off for the Ravens a few times. The Giants were just able to again, stay composed when it really, really mattered. It, it's going to be very interesting, I think, to go back to the tape from this game because there, there were a lot of things that both teams did that are, I think, really very good and very, very interesting from a pure football standpoint. It's going to be great. But Chris, do you have anything else on your quick reaction <laughs> to this New York Giants win, baby? No, I mean, I... I I can I I can't help but feel like gravity is going to start to take effect at some point. But you know what? If they just keep running, maybe they can just keep going and and adjusting. On to Jacksonville <laughs> and adjusting. That's yes. that's the big thing. They they adjust. They constantly adjust and they take advantage of what the other team is doing. Like I said on previous podcasts, like Mike Kafka is a tendency exploiter. He he will notice a tendency in a defense and he will attempt to exploit it. And I can't wait to go to the All-22 to see exactly how he did that in this game. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick Show. Quick reaction, the 5-1 and one New York Giants. Please head on over to BigBlueView.com to check out all of our written content. It will be coming in. Let's live in this moment right here and hope that they can continue to mount wins, even if it is ugly, Chris. All right, take care, everybody. Be well. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.